0: To start our time of reflection and Thanksgiving together, June has a lovely story to share with us of hope and expectation during a memorable Christmas.
1: A Christmas abroad. Many years ago, my RAF husband was stationed in Cyprus, and whilst there, we had an open house policy for the single lads living on Epistope Garrison. Meals were served, and fun and laughter around the table was shared. This happened about once a month, but more especially on Christmas Day. The lads were mainly around our table were bandsmen from the regimental band in residence at the time. It was our last Christmas on the island before I returned to the UK in mid-January. All deep-sea boxes had been packed and dispatched and the only thing remaining was to pack our bags for flight home. I cooked a Christmas dinner for eight of us, myself and husband and six bandsmen. We had carefully chosen small gifts for each person and all was set. We had lunch And then one lad said he needed to pop outside to collect something he had left in his car. Back he came, with an enormous box which he solemnly presented to me. I was told later that my face was an absolute picture. This apparently was my Christmas gift from the lads. And all I could think of was, how on earth am I going to hope to get that onto the plane? Well, I started to open the box. And then the next box inside that, and the next... And the next, until 14 boxes of decreasing size later, and with much laughter, I found one very small box inside. Inside was a silver pen with my name engraved on it. I still have that pen 40 years later. Now all I can think of is that great things come in small packages. Jesus came to earth as a baby, a small package, and this is our greatest gift of all.
0: Thanks, June. I'm so glad you were able to take your present home with you on the plane. The end of December is a time of reflecting on a year's worth of experiences and memories and looking forward to a new year. 2020 has been a year like no other in so many ways. And the act of looking forward in hope for the year to come feels very different this year. We have a greater understanding of the precariousness of our established ways of life. We also have had opportunities to grow in awareness and understanding of God's faithfulness and unchanging love for each of us. There have been so many stories of God's goodness and care being told over the last year. Pockets of hope being shared. Christmas offers us a chance to focus on our true hope, the hope that only Jesus can bring. Let's listen to a poem now by Mark Green, which highlights the hope we have in Jesus, the promise he brings. And after the poem, we'll have a few moments to reflect on and give thanks for the hope we have in Jesus.
2: Christmas Promise This baby This God My God Mary's son Did not come as an artist's impression Oil on canvas Tempera on wood But from the womb Bone, brain, heart, blood Came to show that this life Come what may Come what came to him A country life brothers sisters, festivals, friends, hands, calloused, working wood and stone, and then temptation, betrayal, slander, shame, whip, nail, spittle, pain, all evils wait, and breathtaking death. This life, my life, any life could with him, be full and free, come what comes, as he intended it to be. Christmas is a promise, the divine guarantee of this possibility. God with us, day by day, in our humanity. Heaven sent it with the pledge of eternity.
0: Let's pray together. Lord God, hope giver, my soul finds rest in you. My hope comes from you, and I will praise you, my Saviour and my God. Amen. So now we focus on peace and Catherine is sharing with us her story of a memorable Christmas when peace wasn't always in plentiful supply.
3: When we sit down over Christmas dinner and reminisce, there are two stories told that threatened to destroy the joy and peace of a Christmas day. They happened before we were ministers and when our son was young. There were three grandparents staying with us for the holidays as usual, and we all went along to the service on Christmas morning. The minister, who didn't relate particularly well with young children, had invited them to to bring along a favourite toy from Father Christmas to show everyone. And our son, who'd asked for a Roman soldier's outfit, was wearing a helmet, a breastplate, and carrying a sword when he went out to the front of the church. His best friend from reception class was there and had received exactly the same. It didn't take long before these two bored little boys entertained themselves, with a fully-fledged sword fight breaking out to the horror of the minister and the amusement of everyone else. Fortunately, the swords were plastic and no children were harmed. When we reached home again with the grandparents still laughing at the event, I checked the slow roasting turkey, put in the potatoes, and decided there was time to sit down and look at some more of John's presents before attending to the rest of the meal. Peter and I hadn't had much sleep uh, due to being responsible for the midnight service led by the youth group. So we got home in the early hours and then were inevitably woken up early by an excited child. So it was good to just sit and relax for a while. However, after about 15 minutes, there was a strange smell, followed by the sight of smoke coming under the lounge door. Panicking, we rushed into the kitchen only to see fierce flames leaping to the ceiling from a pan on the gas hob, and black smoke billowing all around. After taking emergency action to put out the flames, we discovered that my mother had decided to heat oil in a saucepan to speed up cooking the parsnips. Then she'd forgotten it and the oil itself ignited. You can imagine the distress of my mother who was going round creating gray swirls on the white walls of the kitchen, trying to clean up the mess. It took a while to calm her down and to restore her peace that Christmas day. But we did eventually enjoy the meal and had a good day celebrating together. We never mentioned that event for years, but now it has joined the annals of family history.
0: Thanks so much, Catherine. I can just imagine two little Roman soldiers battling it out in the front of church. I'm sure most of us will have memories of Christmases that, when it didn't feel like peace was reigning, family tensions, kitchen disasters, or more serious life events. And sometimes it can be easy to get caught up in the customs and conventions of Christmas, so that we lose sight of the baby in the manger. As we reflect now, let's remember that real peace is the wholeness, completeness, shalom that comes from dwelling in the presence of God. So as we enjoy this deep breath in and slow exhale, let's take time to step back from the busyness and bustle of the last few days. And intentionally lay down any troubles and tensions swirling in our minds and our hearts. And seek his voice and his peace as we rest in the presence of the King. Pray together Lord God Peace giver Turn your face towards me And give me peace I trust in you You are my rock In peace I will lie down and sleep For you alone Make me dwell in safety. Amen. As God's children, we are a people of joy. The Bible is full of examples of people who are filled with the joy of the Lord, often despite their challenging circumstances. Many of the Psalms burst with joy. Paul repeatedly rejoices himself and also calls us to rejoice always. And the angel visiting the shepherds to tell of the birth of Jesus brings good news that will cause great joy for all people. And in Luke chapter 1, we see Mary as she meets with her cousin Elizabeth, not long after being visited by the angel herself and told that she will carry the Son of the Most High. Mary bursts into joy-filled praise. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. This joy of the Lord isn't simple happiness and doesn't mean our problems all melt away. The joy river runs much deeper than surface happiness and flows from our relationship with God, our understanding of who he is, and the hope he brings for the future. This joy can survive and even sometimes spring from challenges and difficulties. Sis is sharing a wonderful story with us of her memorable Christmas and her joyful Christmas.
4: Good morning. One of my special Advent Christmas time uh, memories goes all the way back to 1962. It was the evening of the first Advent Sunday and I was about to be baptised. A very joyful occasion you would think, except at the time I had a very real fear of water and the idea of having my head pushed underwater did not thrill me. In fact to the point where If you'd poured a cup of water on my head, I would have gone into a near panic. So as I went forward, I was praying very hard that if this is what you want me to do, you're going to have to help me. I went down into the water as the minister tipped me back. The only way I can describe the feeling was being wrapped in a warm blanket. I didn't feel the water. I can honestly say I just did not feel the water at all. It was just a warm blanket coming over me. As I stood up, I'd quite obviously been under the water. I was dripping wet, but I hadn't felt the water at all. And then the minister gave me the verse, Be joyful always, pray without ceasing, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And that's something I've been able to hang on to over all the years, that it's not always been joyful times, but there's always been that joy inside. And I thank you very much for that and for that memory.
0: I love that story. Such a powerful and joyful testimony of God's kindness and faithfulness. And really the only way to follow such a story of joy... In a Christmas time service is with my very favourite carol, Joy to the World. I have had a bit of a dilemma with this because to me Joy to the World needs to be sung with lungfuls of cold air and hot swelling brass instruments and toad tapping gusto. But this is a reflective Thanksgiving service and we're all indoors watching on our screens so I plumped for a beautiful heartfelt version, and as we listen and hopefully sing along, we'll remember that real joy isn't only in the fireworks, it's also in the fizzle. Let's pray together. Lord God, joy giver, your consolations. Rejoice, my troubled soul. Make known to me the path of life and fill me with joy in your presence. Amen. The last of our four Advent themes is, of course, love. With our knowledge of Easter, We know so powerfully, don't we, that love really did come down at Christmas. God's parental, sacrificial love for each of us, incarnate in his only son, Jesus. Let's hear from Mig as he shares with us his memory of a special Christmas when he was blessed with the sacrificial love of a parent.
5: So I grew up in a household of five boys and not much money and although my parents were always as generous as they could be uh, to us there was never a lot of uh, spare cash to go round. So when it came to Christmas time we all knew that we had to be realistic and reasonable in our expectations of uh, what was achievable. And i had been about 15, nearly 16 probably at the time because I started uh, playing bass Uh, a few months before uh, on this battered old thing that my brother used to have a little short scale bass and uh, I desperately wanted a new one um, and something better that I could learn on properly but uh, I knew that that was out of the question in a household. Um, So. Uh, I'd spoken to my folks about maybe just helping me as I tried to do a paper round and and earn a few extra pounds myself to uh, to just put whatever they could towards uh, getting me a new bass guitar. And uh, my dad played this one really well um, because he had me utterly convinced that there was no chance uh, that uh, he could do much and uh, even a couple of days before Christmas I remember him coming in to me and just saying, you know, he wished he could do something more significant but uh, all he could do was just make a contribution and, uh, and hope that uh, that would be something to get me going uh, towards a new instrument. And then the Christmas morning came, and I remember I'd got up and out of bed and been to the loo and back in, and I'd managed to walk past this big cardboard box leaning up against the door of my room without even noticing at the time. Um, but uh, as I came back in, it caught my eye, and opening it up there inside was this brand new bass guitar that my dad had managed to do a deal with a friend of his. Uh, to uh, get it at a really, really special discount for Christmas and to give it to me. Uh, suffice to say that stayed with me all of these years and uh, the fact that he pulled out the stops to bless me in that way uh, was a wonderful thing.
0: Thanks so much, Mig. And I know from our chats that the joy of saving and bargain hunting and blessing your kids with a new guitar has been passed on to you from your dad, too. And that's what we do, isn't it, for the ones we love. We show our love through thoughtfulness, through gifts and food and blessings, hospitality through times of care and attention. And how much more does our Heavenly Father bless us with his ultimate parental love? The love of a parent, which for many won't always have been modelled by earthly parents, is available for us all in the loving open arms of God. Let's watch a poem together, reflecting on the knowledge that in the birth of Jesus, love has come.
6: The beginning was a light, and the light was God's love, and God was love, shining in the darkness that once tried to cover creation. And from the brightness of his heart, he drove back every shadow. See now, that love has come again. We were all blind. Open eyes but closed hearts, we were walking secrets, couldn't stomach the truth if we tried, we were all lost, like wandering sheep without a shepherd. So this holy shepherd full of love became the light and lamb of God, love has come. The warmth of a sun given to those unworthy, that they might know that God's love is not afraid to place something precious in the midst of our mess, love has come. To illuminate the way that he is leading us to his heart, He shines like a rising star to be a light into our path and a lamp into our feet that leads us to this king. Love has come to show us what our eyes couldn't see. that though we had seemed as silent as 400 years without a whisper, he had never forgotten the promise that he had made before eternity. That he would send a heel lover and a snake-crushing romantic who would one day marry the church Mary was first to hold him. one in whom all things hold together wonder if she knew that she'd be nursing the healer of nations feeding the bread that would soon give us life loving the one that was love incarnate raising the child would one day be raised the cross, and raised from the dead and raised to the father's right hand the Sun shining like an endless morning love love has come to make us new as morning the same light that lit up the womb would soon light up our hearts love has come knowing that we would hang this light on the tree that he might make a gift of all of us who gather underneath it. Love has come as a gift, as a light, as a child, that we might all be made children by the love of this Father. May our hearts be filled with the light of this love. May we prepare to receive the coming of our King, the coming of love. I love
0: that line. This holy shepherd full of love, became the light and lamb of God. This idea that because of his great love for us, the shepherd became the lamb just blows my mind and fills my heart. Paul Baloch writes of the glorious night when love crossed over and cast aside both crown and throne. Behold this day, a Saviour is born, and in whose fate this world has longed, conceived in faith, received with love. Come, kneel beside this child of God. Let's pray together. Lord God, love giver, you are love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. Your love is great, and your faithfulness endures forever. Amen. Our theme for the whole of the Christmas season this year has been The Light Shines in the Darkness. And now Aileen is sharing with us her story of God speaking powerfully during a dark and challenging Christmas time.
7: Many years ago, at the age of 25, my mother died on Christmas Eve. We'd just got married and the last day I saw her was our wedding day. She'd been ill with cancer and had rallied for the wedding. Our expectation was that she'd probably live another five years or so as she'd had an operation before the wedding. However, we received a phone call to say she was seriously ill in hospital. We got back to Sheffield, but she'd already died. That year, Christmas was just focused on her death. And for the first time, the message of Christmas came into sharp focus. That was why Jesus was born, to identify with us in our human frailty and suffering. Death had been conquered through his birth, death and resurrection. For once it just completely made sense god incarnate god coming to earth to identify with us in our suffering i still struggle with christmas to be honest but i always remember the truth that jesus came to earth to be born and to die in our place that the grave does not have the victory and we can stand assured that we will be with him forever that one day he will wipe away every tear from our eyes and we will be transformed. Just to say as a final thought that Jesus really is the light in the darkness. And especially at this dark time, we just hold on to him for hope. And I just wish you all a Merry Christmas. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Aileen, for sharing your story of God's light shining powerfully at such a challenging time. Twenty twenty has been a funny old year and not like any other any of us has lived through before. For many of us this year has been a time of learning to live with that wobbly legged, slightly dizzy feeling of being on a roller coaster with no idea how to get off. But but and it's such an important but we know that God is unchanging and faithful. And over Advent, we've had so many opportunities here at Creech to remember that Jesus really is the light in the darkness. Now, I would really like to share with you now one of my most memorable Christmases, when I was reminded how much difference even little lights can make in a time of darkness. Way back in the mists of time, when Neil and I had been going out with each other for maybe a year or so, we were coming up to Christmas. And at that time, Neil and I saw each other pretty regularly, uh, as often as we could. We really liked each other. Um, But in the run-up to Christmas, something changed. Neil was suddenly busy, and for a lot of November and most of December, I hardly saw him. And he was pretty vague about the reasons behind his sudden busyness. As Christmas Day got nearer, I got more and more worried that he'd gone off me, or that he'd met someone else. Christmas Day arrived, and my family headed over to Neil's house to spend the day with his family. It was fun, and we were all having a lovely time, but I couldn't shake that slightly sicky feeling of worry that Neil was just waiting until after Christmas to tell me he'd met someone else. Well, after lunch, it was time for presents. And after a few of them had been given out, Neil suddenly called me into the hallway and I thought, oh no, he's decided he can't wait until after Christmas. This is it. But when I went out into the hallway, I was met with the sight of a grinning Neil and the most enormous present I'd ever seen. I took the wrapping off and laughed out loud, before crying like a girl. Big tears of happiness and of relief. I'm just going to give you a bit of context before telling you what the present was. At that time, I lived with some pretty unpleasant anxiety issues. And one of the things I struggled with was a combination of insomnia and a fear of being awake in the darkness. I had a little lamp that I left on during the night, but I often said to Neil that I was sure I'd be able to sleep better and not be so scared if the ceiling of my attic bedroom was made of glass so I could fall asleep looking up at the stars. Well, on that Christmas day, as I looked at my present, I finally understood why Neil had been so busy for the last few weeks. He hadn't been whining and dining some leggy blonde after all. He'd been hunched over in his dad's garage, drilling hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of holes in a metre and a half square of black painted wood. Then individually inserting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fairy lights into each hole and then attaching sparkly gold chains to the wood to fix it all to my bedroom ceiling, just so that every night I could go to bed under a canopy of twinkling lights. Neil had made me the stars. And every night, as I snuggled down in bed and looked up at my stars, I felt loved and understood And accepted for who I was and cared for. And it was lovely. But how much more has God done for us? By sending his only son to be our light in the darkness. Jesus Christ, God incarnate. This little Christmas baby. Our source of hope. For the future, our source of peace in a turbulent world, our source of joy in all circumstances, our source of love even when we feel unlovely, our light in the darkness. For the next few minutes some music will play and some words will appear on the screen Let's take these moments and give them to Jesus as we reflect and give thanks for who he is, our Saviour, our King. But first, let's pray together. Lord God, light bringer, let the light of your face shine on me. I will not walk in darkness, I will follow you, light of the world. Amen.